Yo, 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 man, what's going on, man? It's your boy, Mind Lot, man, checking in for episode two of the Bet On Yourself podcast, man. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I can't thank y'all enough, man, for all the love and support that you've shown so far to me, man. Man, I really appreciate it, man. If you've liked, you've commented, man, you share any other episodes so far, man, I really appreciate everything that y'all doing, man. It's just giving me that more motivation to keep going, man. Trust me, man, we just getting started, man. Trust me, man. Man, I got a lot on the table for y'all, man, this this week, for this week's episode. Man, we got a big week ahead. We five days away from the NFL draft, baby. What we all been waiting for is a lot been going on. We tired of the mock drafts, all the speculation. I'm going to give y'all a, a draft special episode before the draft this week. I'm thinking either Monday or Tuesday. Y'all let me know. But I got the top five draft sleepers coming for y'all. We're going to discuss Jalen Green, the number uh, one high school player in the nation, class of 2020. We're going to discuss... The Blast from the Past segment, I got a real, real good one for y'all today. And then we also going to get into Imani Bates, who is the only sophomore to ever win the Gatorade National Player of the Year. But before we do that, man, we're going to tap into some real talk. Like I always like to start the show off with a real intro, you know what I'm saying? Because I asked a lot of people, I've been getting a lot of feedback about what they liked about the show, what they wanted to hear about the show. And shout out to my dog, Joe, man. He a visionary himself, a businessman on himself, man. He doing his thing right now in the community of Jacksonville. And he gave me a great topic, and it was trials and tribulations of an entrepreneur. And man, that thing resonated deep with me because I really wanted to share with y'all my personal, you know, ups and downs. Because it, because it doesn't stop, man. And I really want people to to know that, like, once you achieve, you know, a certain, you know, amount of success, you think life is going to get better. It does in a sense, you know. But at the same time, you're still going to have problems on a day-to-day basis, and you're going to have to overcome adversity every time. The adversity does not stop. It, it almost seems like the higher levels you reach, the, the tougher the adversity gets, you know, but you got to, you got to stick it out, you know, and for me as an entrepreneur, you know, with my business Shots by Lot, it's been a, it's been a humble experience to watch it grow, man. I'm telling you, because I've been on the front line with it when, you know, being a cameraman or videographer, man, it wasn't really cool, you know, but now you have so many people who doing it, but it's so crazy because like when. I was asking people to repost, hey man, repost my stuff for me, man. People like, you know, yeah, I got you, but it wasn't cool. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't cool at the time, you know? But as a businessman, you have to adapt the attitude of why not me? Like, you gotta, you gotta go into things knowing like, why, why I can't be the person to get through? Why I can't be the business that's gonna get through? You gotta have that attitude, why not me? Like, why I can't win? You know, if you always, you know, looking, you know, at the negatives and things, it's not gonna work out. You got to have that positive approach and you got to believe in yourself. Like nobody's going to buy into any type of topic or business that you're selling if you don't believe in it 100% yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to be obsessed with it. It's a slow grind. Me and Joe always talk. It's a slow grind. Shout out to Jeezy, but it's a slow grind, man. You you can't look for immediate results overnight. It's not going to happen like that. It's just not going to happen like that. You got to know that for years you can you can grind and you're not going to get any recognition. Trust and believe that. You know, I've been producing some of the, the same content for years now. But now it's, it's start, finally starting to bubble because you got to stay down. You got to stay down. And it's going to come. You can't be in it for the claps because they're cause they not going to come, man. You can't be in it for the claps. You got to know that you love what you do and you're passionate about what you do. You know, you can't do it for the masses. You're in it for the wrong reason if you're doing it for the masses. Find your why. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all of my Valos State listeners. Dasha always used to say that. Find your why. And I never used to get it, but I got it. When I got older, you got to find your why with this thing. Why are you getting up in the morning? What are you getting up to do? What is your purpose out here? And when you start living like life with a purpose, you're going to take it serious, dog. You know? So, man, hey, man, I ain't going get, to get, get the roller too hard because I preach to y'all. But, hey, 
Listen, man, like I say, man, Better On Yourself Podcast, man, we back for episode two. And you always got to bet on you. So just understand there's going to be trials and tribulations in it. It's, it's, it's a part of the process. You know, it's a part of the process. But trust the process. Trust it. You know, and, and continue to invest in yourself and build up your platform and it's going to grow. It's going to bubble. I'm telling you, every time. But you got to believe in you 150%. A perfect example of betting on yourself 150 is Kim and Tim Lewis. Okay, I'm sure y'all don't heard about their story by now. The Curl Mix Company. Okay, you look on Shark Tank. I know y'all have seen the Shark Tank episode. They were offered 430 for yeah, 400,000, okay, 400k now for 20% of their company by one of the sharks, but they declined it. I know some of y'all are thinking, like, dang, 400k, I would have took that to start my start up my business and you know, grow up and develop it and all that, but no, they knew they worth. They knew that at the end of the day, they were worth more than what he was offering, so they declined. You look at them six months later, now they worth 12 million dollars, okay. And the one thing that the girl said on the interview is that she knew that they had what it take to be a special business. She knew they had the secret sauce. When you know you got the secret sauce, you ain't worrying about what everybody else think about it. Cause you know at the end of the day, you gonna bubble if you stay down long enough. So that, that's the mentality that you have to adapt. That's the approach that you have to take that, you know, no matter what, I'm gonna win. You know, or if I have to audible, I'll audible, but you're not gonna shortchange me on the front end or the back end. You feel me? You ain't gonna short, you ain't gonna short end me on the front or the back. You know, so shout out to Curl Mix, man. They, they up more right now, you know. As we transitioning, y'all, I wanted to give y'all a real, real, real blast from the past this week with one of my favorite NFL running backs, man. He was really elite at his time, and he's not as remembered as great as he was in time. He was a beast, man. He was a dog from square one. And today's blast from the past segment goes to Ricky Williams. Okay, easily... One of the most talented running backs I watched in my time. You're looking at a 5'10 stature, maybe 220 pounds, very physical back, but also elusive. Okay, out of University of Texas, and he pretty much was one of the most decorated college football players ever. Period. A lot of people don't even know this. He wore, the reason he wore 34 was to pay homage to Bo Jackson. You see what I'm saying? He was also drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies and, and played four minor league summers with them. So he was a heck of an athlete. You know, out of Texas, hey, out of Texas, like I said, 1997, big player, uh, Big 12 Office Player of the Year. In 97, came back, Consensus All-America, came back again, won a Dope Walker. He had a great relationship with Dope Walker, won it in 97, right? Before Dope Walker passed away, he told Dope Walker I was going to be the first one to win it twice, and he did it the following year. The, the day after Dope Walker died, he went out versus Oklahoma and ran for 250. The man was out of control, man. He was out of control. So he won it back to back, then comes back and wins the Heisman in 98, man. So Rick was, he was crazy. And then he broke Tony Dorsett's record in, in college, man. He, he, was a, he was a beast, man. He was a beast. And he did all that before he even got to the NFL. Might I add, he was a 10,000 yard rush in the NFL. So you're like, dog, why I ain't never heard of Ricky Williams? It's because he got in his own way. Man, he had off the field issues. He was suspended twice for two years at a time, and one year at a time for smoking marijuana. But he was an elite on the, he was an elite talent on the field, but he got in his own way. But he cleaned his face. He cleaned his face. And Ricky's story is a great story. I advise everybody to go watch his football life doc. I'm gonna drop his career highlights in here, and I'm gonna drop his uh, NFL films doc in it. But before we even get there, I just had to give y'all his credentials in college first. Okay, when he got to the league, he was tripping again. 
Okay, so he went stupid in the league. Mike Dicker and the New Orleans Saints traded six picks and three first-round picks for Ricky. It was crazy. They traded up the fifth overall. And remember, Edwin James went fourth overall in that same draft. Came out in New Orleans first year round for 800. Went crazy. Came back again, ran for a ban again. Mike Dicker get fired. New coaching staff, he come out again, run for a ban again. Then they say, look, we need to move on from you. So the Dolphins take him on for two first round picks. Okay, he get to Miami, some new scenery, new, new, new coaching staff, new offense, but Ricky going crazy again. In 2001, he went ballistic. He, he led the league in carries and yards, okay? First team All-Pro and first Pro Bowl year. And his only Pro Bowl year, surprisingly. But that, that just goes to show what type of era of running backs he came up in, okay? So you look at, you look at his first year in Miami, he had 383 attempts. He ran for 1,800 yards, 16 tubs. That's stupid. Then he came back the following year, led the league in attempts again, 392 carries, this time 1,300 yards. So Miami was running him into the ground. So his excuse for using the marijuana was that it was for his body rehab. He didn't play 2004 season. Comes back, 05, gets suspended again halfway through the season. 06, he doesn't play again. Comes back in 07, gets hurt. Pectoral muscle, torn. Comes back in 2008, and this just goes to show at this stage in his career, he still could go. He still could go. 160 touches now, runs for 700 yards, but then the following year comes back, 240 touches, gives you 1,200 yards. Him and Ronnie Brown. Y'all remember that Wildcat down there in Miami they had going on? Rick and Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams out of Auburn. You know what I'm saying? Scratch your head and remember them with Jason Campbell. They was going stupid. But, hey, I ain't going to give y'all all that history lesson, but, hey, for today's blast from the past, man, check out Ricky Williams. And another cool fun fact, in his post-career, his last year now, now this is what makes him great, in my opinion, because this me and him connect on this one. He's a former football player as well, just like me. But his last year with the Baltimore Ravens in 2011, he retired. And he stepped away from the game, and he was wondering, like, what was going to be his next step? And he found a love in photography, sports photography. So, kid you not, the Ravens go to the Super Bowl the following year. Right? Versus the 49ers. They win it. And he's the photographer. He on the field taking pictures with his with his former teammates from the from the previous year. It's crazy. It's a crazy Cinderella story. But that was the way he, he used to stay close to the game after he was done with it was photography, just like myself. And another fun fact about Rick is he was also signed to No Limit Records. Okay, they had a sports agency. Shout out to Young Money Sports Agency, all the sports agencies who are doing it right now. But shout out to Master P, who been a visionary, been ahead of the game, had Ricky Williams signed to his sports agency. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. No limit records. Next up, next up, what we got here for y'all is Jalen Green. Okay, so let's talk about Jalen Green and how he Euro-stepped the NCAA. You know, one of them hard Euro-steps with his foot get caught like with the drag. A nasty Euro on the NCAA when they thought they were getting another elite prospect, another electrifying prospect in himself. And he is now opting to, to join the NBA Developmental G League and play for 500000 That's a win-win for me. Now, here's the thing that I love the most about it. And also, shout out to Isaiah Ty as well, who has also entered his name into the NBA G League program. This is really, really good, guys, because if the NCAA is going to get in the way of these guys' opportunity to make money, the NBA is giving them an opportunity to do so while developing their game. Okay, I love that. I love that. Okay, and President Sharif Abdul Rahim, he's saying that what we're going to do 
is get NBA coaches, former players to train with these guys on the team. They're going to all play on one roster. Okay, and they're going to play against the G League and get better. I love that. While making, while making money, while becoming a pro, while understanding what it's going to take to perform and take care of your body on a night-in and night-out basis. I love that. Why are we faking the funk, guys? Ask yourself this. We, we letting these top high school recruits, Zion, RJ, we letting all these guys go play a year and go to class for five or six months, okay? For what? They not honestly getting the education in five or six months. That's a joke. Go ahead and go ahead and remove the marker, man. Go ahead and remove the marker. And see, this is the, the one thing I do love. The president, G League president, has also announced that they're they're gonna be offering full ride scholarships for whatever school of choice these guys wanna go to and pursue their under, undergraduate de degrees. Come on, man, that's a win-win. That's a win-win. Go get money management, go figure out how to be a pro before you get slapped in the face with the millions. Go understand what it's like to do dirty work in Indiana on a G League game, in South Carolina, when nobody watching, it's, it's 30 people in the stands, and it's somebody out there who's a 10-year G League pro trying to bust your butt. <laughs> he trying to make you look goofy so he can get on a roster. So that's a good look for those guys. That's, that, that's what I like. That's what I like to see. And, I, I, and listen here, if you ain't watched Jalen Green play, understand that he's a special special talent he's a special i got to see him play at the hoop fest in duncanville texas this, this past summer what was that summer no that wasn't this summer that was like i don't know it was this fall somewhere sometime sometime of this fall but anyway he's crazy okay explosive off the bounce can dribble it can shoot it uh electric can finish at the rim he can pass it i don't know if he's gonna be a one maybe a two Six five six. He's not done growing yet, but I think he's an electrifying prospect, and he played on the team USA uh, high school team as well. But I will tell you this: this is not gonna be this is not gonna be a move for everybody. It's gonna be some negatives to it. You know, it's not every success story is not gonna work out like that. There there are gonna be guys who try to make the jump, and then their bodies are not gonna be ready for, or they're mentally not gonna be ready for the aspect of being a pro, and they're they're not gonna make it. But that's just the risk they're gonna take. To me. But on to the next topic, man. Let's get into Imani Bates, class of 2022. Okay, he's the first sophomore to win the Gatorade Player of the Year. Okay, so Bron them did it. They did it back to back. They won it twice. I believe three times. Bron had did it. Um, this kid is crazy, man. He averaged 32 points a game, nine boards, and three assists. His frame reminds me of KD. Everybody just screaming KD with him. And at this point, I'm on the bandwagon. He's a smooth scorer, off the bounce, he can, and he just does what he wants. Like, his degree of difficulty in taking high school shots is kind of crazy to me. And I want y'all to go Google this game. He played against a Chelsea high school down there. Kid has 63 points and 21 boards. That don't make no sense, man. It, it, it really don't make no sense at all, like, what he got going on out there. And I really, really want guys to keep an eye on him because I, I think he's going to be one of the kids who, who, who does the reclassify. I think he plays next year, his junior year, and I think he reclassifies. Man, he don't need another year of high school, dog. It's child's play right now. It really is. Okay, y'all. So, I told y'all originally on the first episode that I wasn't going to bring my Jaguar foolishness on the podcast. But I'm getting phone calls while I'm trying to record the podcast about an announcement, a breaking news announcement that Adam Schefter has just broke on ESPN right now that the Jaguars... I'm now having trade discussions with other teams regarding another top five pick 
This time, it's Leonard Fournette, who is due $4.16 million of his base salary in 2020. So what they saying is, we're going to get you off the books because we're not going to cut you a check. I really hope you can feel the frustration in my voice right now, dog. Because, see, I'm one of them optimistic Jaguar fans, too. I always keep hope alive. But right now, I'm reaching a new low point, dog. We clean. We, we doing beyond cleaning house. We got pneumonia on the floor, man. Bleach. That strong stuff. You hear me? Spick and span. Up under your nose, man. Because cause we getting everybody out of the house, and I don't understand. Okay, Fournette is probably the only player who's giving you real production that's on the roster right now on the offensive side of the ball besides DJ Chark. And Chark has done it for one year. I'm, I'm, I'm talking multiple years of production. He had an off year in his second year, bounced back last year. Wasn't elite, but it was top 10, top 10 rate. You know what I'm saying? And we ran him into the ground, and he still produced for us. Okay? We're talking 80-plus catches, over 1,600 yards worth of scrimmage. That's ridiculous. If we're talking about trading that and then having what? We, we doing beyond tanking, man. And, and see, you know what? I said that I wasn't going to do the draft, I mean, uh, the Jaguar episode just yet. But it's coming this week, too, dog. That's ridiculous, man. We, we, I, got, I got the vet about them, man. And I'm taking callers, too, man. So DM me your info, man. Jaguar call in show this week, man. It's a done deal because I'm sick of them, dog. I can't take it. And I need to, to make sure that I ain't feeling crazy, dog. I need to understand, man. I need closure, dog. Because I don't understand if we rebuilding or reshaping. I don't know what it is, but it's bad. You telling me that we done traded. Check this out now. Four top five picks in the, sp in the past six years. And oh, excuse me, three, because we because we released uh, Blake Bortles. He was a top three pick out of UCF. Dante Fowler was a top ten pick out of Florida. Traded him for a third round pick, who is Quincy Williams. No disrespect to Quincy Williams, but it's not that type of production that we getting out in that third round. That was a bad pick. You trade Jalen Ramsey. You got two first rounds for him, but at the same time, you traded another cornerstone. And now you're about to trade for Nett, who was a top five pick as well. For a coaching staff who was sought out to be fired after last season, to have the ability to make all these changes the following season, when they were on the hot seat, that's puzzling to me. That's very puzzling to me. But enough of them, man. Enough of them, man. Because you know what, dog? They, 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 they really do a good job of pissing me off, man. I'm not going to go there with them right now, man. Dave Caldwell, man. You know where I'm at, dog. Because I got I got real bones to pick with you. But I'm not going to get on your case so much, okay? Because I still need you to work for me. I need Yannick Ngakwe off the books. At this point, he ready to go. So get a first-round pick for a compensation for him. Let's work, okay? Enough of the fiasco. Enough of the little, the little games. Lot J and all this stuff. Let's work. Bring me production, please. Okay, you got Minshew, give him some weapons, please. Okay? Cut some guys. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on no names yet. We're gonna say that for the podcast, but cut some guys. You know who they are. Replace some guys. You know who they are. Telvin Smith, I hope you hear me. Pull up, please. Man. But let me get off that, man. Check this out, man. Let's get on these five sleepers in the NFL draft. Y'all know that I do my film study every year. 
Y'all know that I'm in the lab every year. And you know that I'm going to give you five quality guys who, who are going to be NFL starters at the next level and who aren't getting the recognition that they should either because of the school that they played at or it could be because of their stature or it could be just anything. They're floating under the radar right now. Okay? I got five guys for you. Okay, no particular order. Okay, up first, okay, I got Solomon Kinley. Okay, guard out of Georgia, guard out of Jacksonville, Florida, guard out of Reigns High School, the Reigns High School. He a Viking. Now, I've seen this young man firsthand be a dog. Okay, he played all 42 games in three years. Okay, big time starter, big time SEC football, all SEC freshman. Played right next to uh, Andrew Thomas, another top top pick. Solomon, no, no difference. Okay, when I was a senior in high school, Saul was a freshman. He was on varsity in a playoff game as a freshman, 14, 13 years old, 15 years old, big kid. Okay, he been ready for big time football. He been ready to make plays. And see, this is what I tell you about big guys that I like. Okay, when you when you're looking at a a, a particular draft prospect, I want you to to look and see if those guys play multiple sports. I need y'all to know that Saul was a basketball player as well. Okay, so anytime a big guy moving like this man 6'4", 330, anytime somebody can move lateral like that, they call him Big Smooth because he used to drop step, die. Big Smooth, die. Anytime somebody could score like that on the offensive end in basketball, you got yourself a special talent. So he light on his feet, physical at guard, a real linchpin plug-in for, I think, a playoff team somewhere in the second or third round. I think Saul can come in first year and contribute to a, a good team right away. And shoot, I hope the Jaguars give him so we get AJ Can out of there. Bring him home. You know, if you hear me talking, Dave Marone, you always say you're such an offensive line guru. Pick up, pick an offensive line, please, who can go. I love the Wani Taylor pick. The jury's still out on Cam Robinson. But the first draft sleeper is Solomon Kenny, Big Saul, okay, out of Jacksonville, Florida. Y'all check him out. University of Georgia. I'm going to leave each of their highlights in the descriptions, okay? Next up, okay, out of Lenore Ryan. Kyle Duggar, okay? He's a safety, okay? About a six foot, running four four, okay? Now see the NFL draft, you can go on NFL.com and each prospect is given a grade, okay? So they're grading him at a 6.5. They're projecting him to be a starter either next year or the year after. Coming out of D2 now, now this shout out to the D2 prospects again now. D2, now six foot, 220, running four four. Now, now you say, okay, what, what's special about him? Okay, so for, for one, he won the Cliff Harris Award last year for Defensive Player of the Year while only playing in nine games. Okay, first team All-American D2. Okay, and he had six punt returns while there. So if he get his hands on it, it's going the other way. Long kid. And, and hey, here's the kicker. 42-inch vert. Okay? 42-inch vert. Do you hear me on that again? Real sick guy. Really going to get off the flow. Okay? Then he showed promise in special teams. So somebody going to take a chance on that. Everybody wants that new versatile box safety, that long rangy kid who can run, come up and down here, that Anthony Harris with the Vikings type guy that, you know, they, they, they want that build because you got to stop the tight ends now. They have become the matchup nightmare, the Travis Kelsey's of the world, the George Kittles of the world. You can't put a corner on them. They, they too small. You need a more of a physical, longer guy to withstand the physicality of the tight end position, okay, while also coming up in the box and making tackles because we know tackling has become... Uh, a, a pastime, period, in the league, in everything right now. People are not tackling no more. Open field, it's, it's no big hits because the penalties, it's different. It's a totally different game now. We all know that. Okay? Next up, number three is James Prochet. Okay? Dallas, Texas native, SMU guy. 
If you don't know, you need to know about this guy. Okay? Over 300 career catches at only 5'10". Now, they saying he 5'10". He about 5'9", man. The guy's small, but he gets open. Okay? He's a machine. He's a technician at the line. I seen him play live versus the University of Memphis. We at the game. I tell you now, if you please go back and watch this film, please go back and watch this film. 13 catches, 150 yards in a tub. This man did whatever he wanted to do versus those guys. Any type of routes, downfield, uh, short and intermediate. I love his deceptive, uh, deceptiveness, his quickness off the line. He has nice moves off the line, nice release off the line, and he don't drop balls. Guys, they were throwing a lot of questions. Like, oh, my God, he's snagging him. He kept reeling them in. I was so impressed, dog. As a junior, 93 catches, almost 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, okay? They came back in senior campaign, 111 catches, 1,200 yards, and 15 TDs. Look for Prochet to fall off maybe third, anywhere from third to fifth to sixth round. I think he's going to get picked up, but what I'm telling you, this is one of the deepest receiver drafts in the past 20 years. That's what they're saying, man. I mean, it's so many guys that you can go with from Judy, from Ruggs, from CeeDee Lamb, from Justin uh, Jefferson, Rager, LaViscus. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Van Jefferson, home team in the building. A technician, a route runner. It's so many different built. Brandon Uis, excuse me, spell a hey, name check that on the last name. I don't know if I pronounced the name right, but hey, you get the picture. Arizona State, KJ Hamler. It's, it's a lot of depth in this receiver class, man. It's going to be a lot of guys coming off the board. So it just depends on how fast the receivers fly. Okay, and, and see, I, I also seen a great article, guys, a great articles on receivers being actually drafted in the first round. It's been a lot of busts. So they're saying that possibly it could be six receivers coming off in the first round. Six? That's crazy, right? It's been a lot of busts in that first round. The John Rosses of the world, we ain't heard from him yet at pick nine. But let's, hey, moving along. Okay, so these last two, man, these last two sleepers are my favorite two players in the draft so far, y'all. I really want y'all to get into this film with these two guys because for me, this is what it's all about. Okay, so for one, the first guy I got, I pray that the Jaguars get this young man, is Antone Whitfield. Okay, Junior, his dad was a pro, a vet, a dog in this league, and he birthed one. He birthed a dog. Okay. Whitfield, okay, man, he's a versatile box safety dog. This is a guy who just finds the football. Nine picks, two touchdowns uh, returned, 172 tackle. He has a nose for the football. Real stocky kind of guy, 5'10", but he, he's a missile. He's a missile. He's looking for the contact. I really want y'all to tap into this film because he's looking for the contact. Put you in the mind of Earl Thomas a little bit, Teron Matthew. Now, I know that's a lot to put on a guy. But this guy like that, man. Whitfield is a thumper, and he got the skill. Ball skills are amazing. Are made. He can play center field, or he can step up in that box and come get into the one support. Now, he's a he's a one of a kind right now. A, a Derwin James, somebody who like who want contact. You cannot find guys who really want contact right now. It's a lot of boo gamers who gonna run up in there and close their eyes. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Run up in there and hold their breath and hope somebody don't punch their lights out. I'm telling you, this guy is looking to inflict pain, man. <laughs> out of Minnesota, bro. Check him out. 510 stature. And you know I like, hey, it's always respect to the small guys out there putting on. It's always respect. Okay? And to my final prospect, this is my favorite prospect of the draft 
okay, Amik Robinson out of Louisiana Tech, okay? This, this player right here is going to be one of those guys who gets through and is taken by a defensive mind. This is where the NFL is headed slightly as well because the nickel guys have become such a, a prominent commodity. Everybody want to get a good nickel corner now. That guy who can go inside and go nasty with it and also step outside. But Amik Robinson, 5'8 now. This is at D1 ball, 5'8. 23 tackles for loss, 14 interceptions, 50 passes defended, and two block kicks. This guy's film is explosive, man. And he wears 21. Shout out to Primetime. Okay, I got to show Prime this film so that he can know about this kid too. Amik Robinson, man. He is going to be probably a second day guy, probably fourth or fifth round. But you want to know about respect? ESPN had him in the top 100 picks. They had him in, ranked in the top 100 players, period. So that's off respect out of Louisiana Tech now. Amik Robinson at 5'8". He's a physical player, great feet. Okay, he can go inside, outside, nickel. Uh, I seen him at free. I seen him lining up. Uh, He's just a versatile guy, and he's not afraid of the physicality at his size. Something you can't be. He reminds me a lot of Pac-Man Jones. Okay, I see those comparisons there, and then Honey Badger too, because he, he knows how he had a knack for the ball. It's certain guys when you play in the defensive back position, they just make plays. Okay, you got a lot of good DBs out here, but they just don't get picks. I feel like the great DBs get their hands on the football. Okay, they affect change right away. They changing your win count tonal right away. They scoring points. They changing the scoreboard right away. And Amik Robinson is one of those guys. I'm going to make sure I put a link in the description of all of these guys' highlights, though. But remember these names. Like I said, now, these top five draft sleepers, I need y'all to tap in. And, and understand that I'm going to give y'all content every week now. We coming. Just know I'm coming. No matter what, I'm coming with it. So next week. Look for this draft content coming out. Look for this Jaguar content coming out. Because I'm, I'm going to give y'all two episodes next week. We're going to do the same one. I'm thinking Friday or Saturday for the original release date. I'm thinking Friday or Saturday every week. But next week, I'm going to give y'all a special episode before the Friday, Saturday episode. Because we got to talk this Jaguar football. And we got to talk this draft football. I'm thinking about doing a, a mock draft. And for each team, we're going to go down what they need as far as strengths and weaknesses and team needs per position. Okay, so we're going to tap into all 32 teams for the first round, and we're going to mock some guys where they should go and where I think would be some good fits for some guys, and hopefully my Jaguars make the right decision moving forward because I can't take too much more. Okay? I can't take too much more. Period, y'all. Hey, man, I love y'all, man. I appreciate y'all for checking me out, man. I hope everybody's staying safe through this time, man. Thank God for allowing us to be here another beautiful day. Thank you for my family, man. Hey, I'm recording this podcast from my cousin apartment, so if y'all hear the echo, man, that's what's going on, man. We about 30 flows up. God is good, man. Got cousin down here, man. We downtown Dallas right now, man. Kicking it, man. Hey, man, it's all love, man. Appreciate your people. Love on your people, man. And I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all support me every week. We coming with it. Hey, man, we gone, man. Bet on yourself podcast. And remember, always bet on you. Yo.